There was news that came out recently that quarterback Lamar Jackson went to the Baltimore Ravens and requested a trade in early March. We're going to talk about that and the best possible landing spots across the league for the former NFL MVP. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On, the Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Alton Pence. Um, joining me today, my good friend, football aficionado from the state of Louisville.com, Grant Mulligan, back on for, I think, the third time now. Third time. Grant, how are you, man? Fantastic. Always happy to be here with you, Dalton. I appreciate the ask out. Ready to talk Lamar, talk ball. Yeah. Yeah, It's um, it's been just a lot of back and forth over the past seemingly couple months now um but news came out recently that uh lamar jackson did officially request a trade back in early march we'll talk about sort of the the posturing battle between the two sides right now um the and then um both grant and i have two of the best landing spots in our opinions one for the afc and one for the nfc we'll discuss those in the following segments but grant right now news comes out um that Lamar Jackson requested a trade in early March, but obviously right after that, you know, the Ravens, at least on the surface, staying committed, at least from a PR sense, of uh, trying to get um, Lamar Jackson on a long-term deal. Lamar Jackson has at least, I mean, as far as we know, has been receptive to that, but it doesn't seem like we're making any type of um, any type of movement in that. Well, I think on on the part of the Ravens, and one of the things that I really hate to see is that it doesn't exactly seem like the Ravens are negotiating with the best faith. This feels like a very, okay, we think you're being unrealistic. We want you to go out and test the market to show you how realistic or how unrealistic you're being and then come back to us so we can get a better deal. I don't feel like and we don't know the numbers that Lamar is getting. It's constant speculation. And some of the numbers that they're throwing out there are just to put Lamar in a bad spot or to essentially slander his credibility, which he has largely shown he cares nothing about. <laughs> but it it doesn't it, – it strikes me wrong from the part of the Ravens. It For a player who's given as much as he has uh, to not command the respect of, of guys like – Joe Burrow and and Justin Herbert and and um, Jalen Hurts, who are getting talks of contract extensions after their third season when they're first eligible. I mean, we've kicked the can down the road on Lamar here. He's missed out on a lot of money by not getting that extension earlier. And this doesn't feel like the Ravens are doing it for Lamar's good. This feels very much of, okay, we want you to take a, a cheaper deal and we're going to use the other teams in the league to show you that what you're asking for is unrealistic. And I don't love it. It strikes me as wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think that right now, like it, like um, I think someone mentioned, the news that Lamar requested a trade, I feel like it's just a back and forth of who's trying to get more leverage. And obviously the Ravens feel like they have the leverage by saying, hey, we're going to put a non-exclusive tag on you and let you legitimately go 
negotiate your contract and go try to get that deal. And they've even made it to the point to where we'll give up two first round picks. Um, you know, if, 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 you know, if, if a team signs you, you know, um, <clears throat> but let me ask you this. I, I've seen a lot of like back and forth. Do you know for certain is the compensation for sure two first round picks? I, I guess it would have to depend on if he signs that long-term deal. So the language associated with the tag that he's on is that he is able to go out and negotiate with other teams. And if he agrees to a contract with them, the Ravens are given a chance to match. If the Ravens choose to not match that deal, then the uh, the team who he agreed to the contract with gets Lamar in exchange for two first round picks. So the Ravens would be taking yeah. two for, or the Ravens would be getting their two first round picks. The team has to have first round picks in two consecutive seasons to even be eligible to sign Lamar, which could and, also, and, and that makes uh, sense. But the, the question that I have, because I, I guess I'm a little confused because people are like, well, they're going to ask for a young player in return. Well, it doesn't matter what they ask for. They signed that non-exclusive tag. I wonder if a team is more willing to go ahead and sign him to that deal uh, just to get get rid of just two first-round picks or if they are willing to, I don't know, um, trade for him before giving him that deal um, and having to give up more. So I think it's more of an incentive to, to give up a deal um, early on. Um, Grant, if you had to give me a percentage – in which, if I were to tell you, Lamar Jackson will be back with the Baltimore Ravens next season with or without a long-term deal. That means he's either playing on the long-term deal or he's playing on that non-exclusive tag, which we don't even know if he will. And that's a part of the percentage that I'm asking you. What's the percentage that either way he plays for a plays one snap as a Raven next season? I feel that in how Lamar has handled it thus far, is that I don't see him playing with a without a long-term deal for any organization. I don't personally, and I, I don't want to speak for Lamar and, and his course. camp, but just based on how I've received this contract period, uh, the negotiation with the Ravens and how he's handled business thus far, <laughs> I think he's reached a point where he's no longer willing to play without a long-term deal. And he has every right to be in that situation. He's won an MVP. He, without a long-term deal, he doesn't have that security. If he were to get injured, that he's still going to be able to make his money. He's absolutely earned the extension. And I, I give it a near, a near 0% chance. He plays anywhere without a long-term extension. I'll give it, I'll give it a, a, 10 percent chance yeah, that he plays go less than 10 percent less than 10 possible that's generous i'm giving a generous 10 yeah. percent that i just th- i think this, i think that i mean we're past that point now i think that um you know we're we're at the point where the rubber meets the road and uh, i just don't feel like either side is going to give here i also think that grant that Deshaun Watson contract is really coming into play here and it's not so much the total money it's the guaranteed money um, and I think that um, that contract um, is kind of hurting Lamar now because it seems like I, I'm not one to yell conspiracy, but it seems like, you know, the NFL owners are coming together and trying to essentially undo, you know, that trend of fully guaranteed money. 
Um, and Lamar Jackson said, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. Um, I'm definitely worth this amount of money. Um, I just saw Kyler Murray get paid that money. I just saw Deshaun Watson get paid that money after not playing in nearly three seasons. Um, and obviously Russell Wilson got paid too. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think that he needs to get that money because he deserves it. I've ne- He is the most disrespected superstar in NFL history, and it's not close. It's, it's not it's close at absurd. all. And we're talking about a guy who's, what, 45 and 14 as a starter in the National Football League who is a unanimous MVP and he's 26 years old? It makes me mad. That's a conversation for a different day. But, Grant, I'm going to cut this segment a little short because I want to talk about our best fits for Lamar moving forward, assuming that he is going to get traded. We'll do that here in just a segment. Just a segment. Just a second after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. The tournament, almost over. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets and more. Don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you go FanDuel today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, Grant, heading on into the second segment of the show with my good friend, uh, football writer, recruiting analyst for the state of Louisville.com, Grant AFC. You have an AFC team. I have an AFC team. Who is the best fit in the AFC for Lamar Jackson? This is going to be a, a very popular take. This is the one he gets matched with the most, and I absolutely see it and this is going to be the Colts for one it's going to make a ton of fans in the Louisville area happy because he's back in market games he's in oh, yeah he's in our region so a lot of the Louisville fans will be able to watch him on a week in week out basis yet again <clears throat> but more than that he's going to work with Shane Steichen new head coach of the Colts and I truly feel that this is a scenario that is really beneficial to Lamar I, I feel that Steichen has really cut his teeth in the industry as being a great developer of quarterbacks. And he's had a lot of success with guys who are much less talented than, than a guy like Lamar is. I think that Steichen, though he's not the prototype of the kind of quarterback he's worked with in the past, I can absolutely see Steichen salivating over the physical tools and the dynamic offense that Lamar can bring. Additionally, these are the best weapons that Lamar has had in his career, aside from Mark Andrews. But you've got Michael Pittman, day one, is the best wide receiver he has had in his career up until this point. Alec Pierce is an an ascending previous second-round pick, and he has Jonathan Taylor in in the backfield to help support that running game. I do think that they're a little shakier on offensive line now than they have been in years past, but if they can reinvest and build it back up, then that is a very dangerous offense with Lamar under center. I agree. Um, Not to mention you have the best offensive lineman in in the National Football League in Quentin Nelson. Um, I I think that the Colts, uh, I don't really uh, worry about them offensive line-wise, but you agree agree it's an instant upgrade in terms of weapons. Michael Pittman Jr., one of the budding stars in the league at the receiver position. And not to mention, outside of him, I mean, you have guys like Alec Pierce, a rookie from last year from Cincinnati. You have guys, uh, I think, is Mo Ali Cox still 
with the I believe Col- he did resign. I believe did he resigned. Okay, well, uh, Jonathan Taylor, I know that there's talks about maybe not wanting to commit so much money to him long-term with him being at the running back position, but regardless, you'll have him for next season. Um, and then you have a defense with guys like Quiddy Pay. Um, I know that they're looking to possibly shop uh, DeForest Buckner, but still at this point in time, he's still on the roster. Shaquille Leonard is one of the best linebackers in football when he's healthy. Um, so I think that this would be a solid opportunity for him. You have to also look at it. I mean, the Colts were a good team without a quarterback for the past couple of seasons. They've had, you know, aging out of their prime quarterbacks. Now you add a guy like Lamar Jackson, who immediately, you know, you see what he did last year with the or the years prior with his um his uh, lack of a supporting cast at the receiver position outside of Mark Andrews, and then you talk about what he could do at Indianapolis, Shane Steichen being able to transform Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. You know, I'm interested to see what he could do with Lamar Jackson, who I believe is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Um, And that's no disrespect to Hurts. That's just me more so, um, you know, praising Jackson. But I think that that would be a, a good spot. My pick for this one, Grant. It's the New York football Jets. Um, and I understand there's this whole dilemma with Aaron Rodgers, and he's been talked about there for weeks. And let's be honest. I mean, by the time this episode airs on Tuesday evening, um, <clears throat> who knows? They might have traded already for Aaron Rodgers. but Or they might trade for him in the next week or so. But why haven't they yet? If it's such a done deal, why are we still sitting here seemingly a week Two weeks later and thinking, well, what are we doing? And, and I think that this is where, if I'm the Jets, and I'm not, obviously, um, I'm looking at the future. And, and you have to wonder, and there was a, a, a clip uh, of someone mentioning this, if Aaron Rodgers was truly 90% retired before he went into this whole darkness episode that he did, how long is he going to be with the Jets? Why not just spend that capital, sign Lamar to that big deal that you're going to obviously give Aaron Rodgers just on a shorter term, but probably same amount annual value. Why not give Lamar that money? Because you have the team around him. You have a lot of young players that don't need to get paid yet. And you all you have to do is give up two first-round picks, which it's obvious that Green Bay wants something in return for Rodgers. So I just feel like the Jets are literally like the very best fit for Lamar, and it's not close. He turns them into an immediate Super Bowl contender. I think that you are absolutely right. And while I do feel like it's a pretty done deal on Ann Rodgers, that seems to be hard to set at. But I can definitely see a situation with the Jets front office getting frustrated with the lack of flexibility from Green Bay. Green Bay is done nothing but talk about how leverage is in their court about how they can do it whenever they feel like it whenever they're ready and it comes a point where you start to weigh the options if they're not going to budge and they're asking too much for Aaron Rodgers exactly as you said why not use the same capital probably a little bit more he's a younger player well yeah to get a to get a player who's going to benefit you for 10 years if not more then get a one, two-year rental with Aaron Rodgers. Also, Aaron Rodgers started showing signs of decline last year, and I don't want to disrespect the future Hall of Famer. I was about to say that, Grant. I, Aaron Rodgers, you look at what he's done statistically. He's 39 years old. You look at what he's done, and I understand he is still Aaron Rodgers, but you mentioned it. He is 39 years old. 
could he have a better season this upcoming year? Of course he might be able to bounce back. But the reality is, and these are just statistics, when he played a full season, he played 17 games this past year. When he's played at least 12 games, you look at statistics. He's played at least 12 games. He hasn't had statistically less yards at any point in his career as a starter when he started more than 12 games than he did this past year. He had 3,600 yards and some change. He hasn't had that low of a, of a season ever when he started over 12 games. And that's something I think it's true. He's starting to decline. So why not build upon a player who's continuing to get better rather than a player who's 39 years old and his best playing days are behind him? And you're putting all your leverage into trying to win in the short term. I understand windows are very small. But I think even in the short term, you're probably better off with Lamar Jackson. I feel, uh, yeah, and talking about windows, I mean, <laughs> a guy like Lamar keeps that window open longer. I mean, even he when does. you have to pony up and pay him more, I got to give the Jets front office credit. Aside from Zach Wilson, they've been drafting exceptionally well. Oh, recently. fantastic. And if they can continue to hit on that kind of <laughs> team, they're going to be able to continue to surround Lamar with that kind of talent. And I, I can see how ready-made that roster is to win right now outside of the quarterback position and them continuing to hit on draft picks. Lamar to the Jets sounds like a much better long-term move than trying to sell out and win with Rodgers. So I fully agree with your – I would love thing, the idea of – I love the fit in Indianapolis, but one thing we have to talk about as well is markets. Hmm. You're going to – you would be going to one of, if not the biggest market for American sports in New York City. Lamar Jackson is one of the most exciting players in football. Bringing a player like that to that city, and you look at that team. I mean, they have. I mean, they're they're not only drafting well; they're trading well as well. I mean, you have Brees Hall, you have Michael Carter at the running back position. You have uh, an offensive line that um, is going to be added to, but they're they're still solid. Um, you have Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard. McCall Hardman, there's been talks of Odell Beckham Jr. possibly going there, so on and so forth. And then you have Robert Saitla, who's a defensive coach, who's got a lot of defensive talent. And Quentin Williams, Sauce Gardner looks like one of the best cornerbacks in the league already. Like I said, man, like I, I don't want to put the cart before the horse ever, but you had a Lamar Jackson. Like This is a team that had Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco having and this team. And almost made the playoffs. That should have made the playoffs. Yeah, they should have. They choked down the stretch and lost a bunch of games when they shouldn't have. You bring Lamar Jackson to this team, bro. And regardless, I, I don't want to put too much time on this. Let's go to the NFC before we do that. I want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder: the Locked On Global Podcast, free on all streaming services, five days a week. Your team every day. Grant, final segment of the show already breezing by as it always does when you are on. Appreciate you coming on as well. NFC team, best fit for Lamar Jackson. Who is it and why? I, I know that they've already said that they're out on him, which seems ridiculous to Posturing. me. But the Atlanta Falcons, first of all, it's closer to home with Miami. It's not the Dolphins, but Atlanta, Georgia is a lot closer to home than uh, Baltimore, Maryland. But this is an offense that actually brings a lot of familiarity to him with more comfortable passing aspects. 
right. what Arthur Smith is doing there doing there is not too dissimilar to what Greg Roman did in terms of a scheme standpoint. I think that Arthur Smith could definitely be a better play caller and is more attractive destination for wide receivers than Baltimore was. But you you go there and you've already got Drake London. You've got a young, very talented tight end in Kyle Pitts. You've got yeah. a, a very young talented running back Tyler Algier with an older but good compliment back in uh, Cordero Patterson. You've got a, an offensive line that is vastly improved, got some very solid guys. Uh, I think that defense definitely has some more work that it needs to be done, but I feel like with what Arthur Smith wants to do offensively, Lamar would be a very dynamic option to add to that heavy running attack. And he's going to have some downfield passing options, unlike the, which he hadn't ever had in Baltimore. I think that he would love to be in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, this is Atlanta's in no man's land right now. I mean, you have a player like Desmond Ritter, who obviously you still don't know um, how his ceiling. You're kind of in that spot to where you're not necessarily in line for <coughs> a top quarterback, and honestly, all of them might be gone by the time that you pick. And I mean, this will make a lot of sense as well. Lane is a big market as well. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, very very big football town, and they love their Falcons. Um, have a sister who lives in Atlanta, and it's very evident that they love their football. Um, I'm not sure they it makes them a title contender right away because I think Atlanta has some more stuff that they need to do on the. Offensive and defensive side of the ball, but they have some solid building pieces that can at least get you back to the playoffs. Or because I mean, the NFC South right now is wide open. Exactly. I Being mean, able NFC to have South, a, yeah. the NFC South is the worst division in football right now. Exactly, and that's why I think a team like Atlanta would be highly benefiting from targeting a guy like Lamar because you don't have to have your roster completely together to make a to run for this division. I mean, it is wide open and it is full of teams that are very mid-level at best. Carolina but, traded for number one. They are going to have yeah. a rookie quarterback. Uh, Derek Carr is not that good, in my opinion. He's going to be with the Saints. Uh, Tampa Bay, who the hell knows? It's Baker Mayfield time in, in Tampa Bay. But regardless, NFC South, the worst division in football. I like that. Uh, Atlanta prediction or uh, best best place to land. Uh, mine's not the sexiest place. It's not the sexiest uh, opportunity to go to, but football wise, it makes a lot of sense, and that's kind of where the sense stops. Um, because you talk about you know Lamar going to a likable team. I feel like people don't necessarily like, but they don't dislike this team. The Washington Commanders makes a lot of sense. You and I were talking pre-recording. The Commanders have sneakily done a solid job of building this roster. They're just a quarterback away. They're kind of like the Colts, just a little bit of a lighter version um, in terms of some stars on the roster. You have a solid recruiting core, recruiting core, receiving core. Terry McLaren, uh, I'm too busy talking about football and basketball recruiting. Great. You got to give me some slack. Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, uh, Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, um, you know, solid running back committee. You have Logan Thomas, who's a, a pretty solid tight end as well. Offensive line continues to get better. They just invested in some defense, um, you know, going out and getting some guys. Um, and then, you, I mean, you've got guys like Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat on that defensive line. Um, needless to say, it's a defense that's getting better. Um, the draft picks aren't necessarily as valuable to the commanders as they are, let's say, the Falcons or um, whoever it may be. But I like Washington here because – I'm not necessarily sure if they're competing with the Eagles, but I think that they immediately become the number one contender. And that's saying a lot, considering that you have the Giants and Cowboys right there as well. 
Right. And this is another one of those situations that unfortunately you're able to talk about this for a lot of teams, but he'll step in and have better weapons than he ever had in Baltimore. The receiving core alone and having a guy like Terry McLaurin from day one and young ascending talent in Jahan Dotson gives him a one-two punch that actually gives him a variety and the type of receiver he can work with. He has not elite, but solid options at nearly every (laughs) offensive position. He would not be starred for talent. He doesn't have to deal with a thin wide receiver core. And here he has a, a pretty solid supporting cast, both offensively and defensively. I'm not sure if it's as good as the Colts, but I can certainly see that in a, in a division like Washington right. or being a team like Washington in a tough division, he'll be able to make a splash and make some waves. He is very dynamic. And I think that, the Washington faithful would be very, very happy to have him manning their helm. I definitely agree. And that just goes to show you that there's a lot of teams that are set up to go get a Lamar Jackson that would really benefit by doing so. But I think it's a matter of honestly just ponying up the money at this point. So, Grant, appreciate having you on. Do me a favor. Plug us into your social media and where we can find you. Yes, sir. You can find me, as always, at Grant underscore Mulligan underscore. It's where I'll post all my work and my recruiting takes. You can also read my work and check out some of the other great dudes over at the state of Louisville. You can follow them on Twitter or check out the website. Dalton, it was great being on, as always. I look forward to talking to you again. Yes, sir. Um, I haven't mentioned this to Grant, but the offer is out. It's all, it's out on the table now. One thing that I want to do this season upcoming for football, if he's down, I'd like to have Grant on once a week to either discuss a previous game or something upcoming or even just something to do with the preview. Um, like I said, one of the bright football minds in this city, I do believe it, and obviously I wouldn't be saying it if uh, – if I wouldn't be putting this to paper. So Grant, let's get something in the works, man. I'd love to have you on once a week because like I said, man, viewers love you. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Man offered me on, on live in front of, I had all to get, of, I had to the get the reaction, man. I had to get the reaction, but I, I'm, uh, I'm honored, man. I would yes, love sir. to, I would love we'll to. definitely let's, talk let's further. Shaking. We'll definitely talk further. We'll have great on soon. Obviously football recruiting is heating up, but that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great way. Grab a great way. Great day. Can't speak. And we'll see you right back here very soon.